Hello and welcome to a panel discussion bonus of the Grand Geekery Show where I, Tyler, sit down or I guess Skype down with awesome, amazing <laughs> guests about subjects regarding news, rumors, opinions, and awareness in the geek community. This is a way for us to kind of show you what a panel is like outside of a convention since we don't have conventions going on right now. Today we are talking about something that is near and dear to my heart, which is musical theater, something that has encompassed a huge, huge part of my life and like goals and everything else that were shattered. But that's okay because that's not gonna, this is going to be up. This is going to be building up. And I have some amazing guests today. I have Aiden Rudd, who you've possibly heard on our show if you listen to the bonus episode with him and I. He is an uh, he is an amazing voice actor from Grand Blue and a musical fanatic. We have Joseph from the Core Dance Crew, and also Miss Anna May, who is also a musical. Uh, fanatic as well and you also we also have matthew from drinking dragons our very own matthew gray who is also a musical fanatic as well and of course we have Catherine from with an who is also a musical fanatic and also used to be part of ggg as well whoop, whoop. uh hey how are all of you tonight doing great all right can't oh. complain sweet pretty oh. good good Good, good, good. All right, well, before we start the discussion, what was the last musical that you actually got to see either live, um, that you got to see live, and what's the last one you got to see on a recording? Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be probably Hamilton for majority. But... <laughs> <laughs> no. Possibly. No. You don't know me. Yes, I mean, I've, I've watched Hamilton like six times since it came out on the third. Damn! So. We get it. You're better than us. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool okay so Matthew so you've watched Hamilton six times my god that's awesome what was the but last- see I watch it like falling into like falling to sleep too so like, I like oh. put it on mm. sleep timer fall asleep um, so it the counts. last one I saw live I saw Rent at Pantages last year okay um, it was with a touring uh, cast it was good it wasn't my favorite uh, version of it nice. um, but it was it was solid that's awesome Alrighty, uh, and uh, I'm gonna go by by the squares on on my screen. So I'm gonna go with Joseph next. Joseph, what was the last uh, musical you saw on stage and also recording? Uh, on stage was Wicked. It was a touring one. Nice. Um, years ago, actually. Uh, it's been a while since I've been able to go watch uh one in theater. <laughs> and then Hamilton was the one we watched together. That's yeah, I loved it. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. We, I, that's right. We got to watch it together in a big group thing. That was so much fun. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun. Then you disappeared for half of it. <laughs> I have to, I have to be watching it on my own. So and then I kept playing it in the background at work. So oh. it's 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 there always. <laughs> All right, Catherine, what about you? Um, I haven't seen a like an actual production in a while. I've seen concerts recently. Um the last concert I saw was from a Broadway star. I saw um Adam Jacobs here in LA at the Feinstein's place up there. That was really fun. And the last thing that I turned to was actually not Hamilton. It was going through YouTube videos of Once on this Island. Before that, it was not. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but, awesome. Yeah, YouTube revival videos. <laughs> the revival company. Nice. And then Mr. Aiden Rudd, what was the last uh, musical you saw on stage and then a uh, recording? Uh, recording was Hamilton, like everybody else. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> On stage, uh, it was actually in January, so actually like very close up until wow. the uh, the Rona closure. 
I went down to San Diego and saw the touring company of Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, oh my God. Lucky so. Oh, I really want to watch. Oh, lucky so and so. Bruh. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if I can sit through that. <laughs> for me, the last musical I saw actually has been about three years. I just haven't had the time or money to go see one. And it was Company up in Claremont, California. And then the last recording I watched was actually Company. <laughs> With Raul Esparza with my girlfriend showing her it. Um, it's my favorite musical, what can I say? And uh, so, it, I yeah, it's it's somewhere online. Um, I, I have the DVD, too, and apparently it's out of print and worth a lot of, a pretty penny, which is cool, too. So, anyway, um, but yeah, so awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, you know, we, we all come from completely different backgrounds. I don't know if any of you guys have really met, you know, either in real life together, actually. Maybe Aiden and Joseph, but yeah, which is nope. actually really interesting <laughs> as well. How did you guys get into musical theater yourselves? I'll start with Matthew again. Um, so my dad was big into show tunes when I was growing up. And so especially like those like old school Hollywood ones, like Singing in the Rain, mm. Wizard of Oz, uh, Mimi in St. Louis, stuff like that. Oklahoma and so we would watch them on the weekends when they would come on like AMC and it was funny because I when I first started to watch them I actually didn't like them very much yeah uh, I thought they were really boring and kind of annoying because it's just like people singing all over the place I'm like this isn't real life and then I was like wait a minute they're kind of awesome and uh, so I started watching them more and more especially when I got to like high school and I actually was in drama mm. um in high school and I started to do more production stuff uh, on the stage, I got into a little bit more. So that's kind of how I got my interest into it first. What was the one musical that kind of like like switched for you, like from going from from boring? Why am I watching this too? Oh, this is interesting. It was actually one of the times that I saw Singing in the Rain on like by myself. I was just like I was sick at home, like during high school, and it was just on TV, and I watched it. And from then on, I was like probably like fifteen years old. I just it was like one of my favorite movies. That's awesome. Heck yeah. Alrighty. Joseph, how about you? How'd you get interested in musical theater? Um, like Matthew, I was also in drama. Funnily enough, we actually never did any musicals because my teacher was against it because it, there's a lot that goes into it. But I did get into dance through drama as well. And then from there, I know a lot of my classmates loved, they would sing Wicked, Book of Mormon, like a bunch of other musicals. And I was like, what's that? And I came from a very, like, closeted background, very sheltered. So I didn't know about musicals until, like, until high school. I didn't know what that was about until I joined drama. And, yeah, so it was from from school, from my peers who would sing all these songs. And I never really understood it. And so I ended up really enjoying the songs for what they were instead of the, in the context of the, of the musicals so a lot of the times now is i'm listening to just the music from the musicals without having seen the musicals do i know what's going on I, context clues That's what I <laughs> but it's still a lot of fun to listen to and so yeah that's how i got started absolutely in musical theater i love it thank you Catherine. how about you i think the earliest if I remember at least up from my end, I was apparently in tap for a while, but it was enough to get me to sign up for fourth grade musicals. But at our school, we had um, in Illinois, we had this music teacher, Mr. King, who was really big into the arts. And he was that one that really fostered our group of kids in the music classes. So it was Guys and Dolls in fourth grade. 
Um, that was the production that really started everything. Went from there. And then I was introduced to Grease and the Sound of Music at one point, hmm. And it, it just tumbled. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the movies or the actual like, stage shows? Uh, the movies, because we had the soundtracks at home, and then my dad was also a really big Julie Andrews fan, so he, I owe Julie Andrews a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All righty, Mr. Rudd, how'd you get interested in the whole musical theater-ness? Um, so, funny enough, it like didn't start until college, really, because, uh, I don't know, like when I was in high school, I was raised in a very, like, tight-knit conservative family and mm. it was like boys don't like that <laughs> <laughs> although we saw wicked when i was in high school and i actually liked that quite a bit nice. but uh <laughs> um and uh but i really started to get into it once like my major changed to theater and i had to start working on a bunch of them backstage even though the ones that they had me start working on, I didn't really like all that much. Like mm. they had me working on things like All Shook Up and Legally Blonde. And... <laughs> I, I like Legally Blonde's music, though. I have to give it Legally credit. Blonde is so hit and miss for me. It's like <laughs> some of the songs are genius, and some of them are just dog shit. It's like <laughs> there's just no in between. <laughs> That's how I feel about Stephen Schwartz musicals, where like some of them are just like, the greatest songs ever, then some of them I'm just like, oh, that, 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 that maybe needed another draft. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, excuse me, you leave Mr. Schwartz alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's Stephen Schwartz and then like Alex Sackamore are the most awkward. Do like, you see that? You see, that's me with Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> that description that you made there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so that, that's that's awesome. And like, so some of you guys have been either on the stage, and, or or you know, some of you guys were you know behind the stage, you know, doing stuff with you know with the production, uh, which is really really amazing. Uh, you know, with doing the experiences of you know seeing the different sides uh, sides of musical theater and experiencing it you know outside of it why why does it resonate with you today and why what kind of makes you uh besides price uh pick and see which shows you want to see <laughs> which we'll talk definitely talk about in a little bit <laughs> I, know, right? yeah. I, I think just the production value i know you don't want don't want to talk about money but just the production value was so much better uh so much better now yeah. You know, I look at things like, you know, you watch Hamilton on Disney Plus, you watch that Hamilton stage, like that didn't exist really, you know, 20 <laughs> years ago. Lazy <laughs> <laughs> Susan. Like yeah. Like it was insane. Like I'm watching, like, what's going on here? Like, are they walking on a turntable? What's going on? What is this? You know, like my, like the first real big show I saw live was Rent and it was a table and some chairs, and then some stuff that <laughs> fell down from the ceiling. And yeah. that was it. And I'm like, oh my god, they made an entire set out of just, like, five things. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you look at Hamilton now, you're like, wait, there's a table that moves, and there's, like, a parapet that can just pull off of something and move someplace <laughs> else. You're like, bro, like, this is awesome. And I think that's the one of the great things about musicals, too. It's just, it takes you to a place where you use your imagination more yeah. than you do even on like just normal like like stage play, you know, yeah. you know, you look at a play like Rent or look at a play like Hairspray. You watch it and like they have those big sets sometimes, but it's a lot more of your imagination mm -hmm. making those sets come to life, and that's mm -hmm. that's something that I think is awesome about those those plays. It's absolutely you know it makes you think more so than anything else. Yeah, I, I uh, think. 
I think it's funny. Oh, so sorry, Aiden, you, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say to piggyback off of what Matthew said about like the automation and stuff like that. My college was doing automation. So like oh, wow. <laughs> automation's like everywhere now. Like when we did Legally Blonde, we had these two like spinning two-story towers on Jesus. stage. <laughs> they would like spin on stage and then decouple and spin off stage and they <laughs> broke all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I um, yeah, I actually think it's kind of funny how like in the uh, late '80s and '90s, like musical theater. I feel like I don't want to say got like not not boring or like not it it, it got so. It I mean, yeah, it did get boring, but it also like it, it got so basic where they were just like a chorus line, like no sets, no nothing, just people whining on stage, rents, and like, it's just like one set, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like like no scene changes. <laughs> And uh, rent, rent, the most um, insufferable millennials ever. <laughs> I would, I would say a chorus Not line sure, is yeah. a, a chorus sure. line is way worse. Where everybody's like, God, I hope I get it for an hour, and you're just like, I don't hope you don't get it now. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> out of spite. Yeah, I know, right? But uh, and like. <laughs> But uh, I, I, okay, I'm so sorry. And so uh, Joseph, next. I uh, was <laughs> sorry to, to piggyback off of the experiencing it nowadays, especially like you know, like when I when I meant money, I meant like like paying for the ticket. Uh, it's like what's the like that's what I meant when I said money. <laughs> okay, but yeah, just like what Ma- Matthew said, it's it's the stage production. The you sort of fill in the dots with a lot of the set designs, and it's so fascinating. Like if I were to recall my experience watching Wicked. It versus watching Hamilton, like you're really immersing yourself into it. You know, there's the one thing I love about the arts, mainly theater, is the su- suspension of belief. You know, you you relinquish all of where you just came from, reality, right? Just to be immersed into this storyline, into whatever it may be. It could just be the, a table and five chairs, or it could be a huge, you know, set design with a bubble floating from the sky and a, a woman singing <laughs> in it. Like, what? I don't care, but I'm now just in it, you know? So <laughs> it is so much, it's so much fun to watch. And so, and like watching Hamilton, I was, you know, I'm, I'm also a dancer and I was not just enthralled with each person, but I was also enthralled by each dancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, for me, coming from a dancing ba- from a dance background, I'm watching not just the main characters but also the dancers, and I'm also watching um, the costume choices. Because one one of the things that I also love about Hamilton was that they were able to highlight each main character by the way they dress, by their costumes, and so all the dancers were all pretty much all wearing white and then black boots, right? And but the dancers were also conveying whatever was going on, like the bullet yeah in, in the duels you know mm-hmm. or they were they were used so flawlessly that transitions of changing furniture was seamless because i was so enraptured mm-hmm. by each singer and the dances um and i think that's the that that keeps me wanting to watch more and more and more absolutely um but yeah yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, all right, and already, and uh, actually, I do want to ask a question, kind of divert, and uh, this will be open for everybody. Um, 
musicals have become so like I don't want to say that they weren't always like so different before, but l- l- I mean Roger and Hammerstein musicals are pretty much the same thing. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it pretty much is like. But um, ne- ladies and gentlemen, let us present this mic. <laughs> <laughs> today, today we're doing the King and I. However, with Oklahoma and also South Pacific <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> um, it's. It's like doing like like what's like Empire Strikes Back with that Pink Floyd album like it like apparently like it's like it lines up perfectly no but um <laughs> um but now with musicals because you have so many different creators and so many different stories and a lot of inspired inspired by musicals it's kind of like film where there's a lot of different genres and a lot of different things for uh, that are really big for people that would draw you in um you know, Joseph, with you being a dancer, are you maybe a little bit more, do you cling a little bit more to towards the actual uh, shows where dancing is a very big part of it? Like I would say like Thoroughly Modern Millie, um, like Miss Saigon, I would say. And yeah, I mean, also Hamilton as well, because a lot of storytelling is through those dances as well. It's insane. And do you kind of gravitate towards that? And maybe do you have a little bit of a bias of liking that? Aiden, you and I have talked, and I don't know what you like. Uh, <laughs> 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 Just straight up. Uh, I definitely gravitate. I do gravitate more towards the ones that incorporate dance, but it's not like a deal breaker. Um, I definitely look at what is the premise? What is the storyline? Can I relate or do I feel for those characters? You know what I mean? Um for instance, I like also plays that the staging, I, I love how staging is done, if the staging is done well, and it could be as something really minimalistic. Like, for instance, um, I've only seen videos of falsettos, but falsettos doesn't have a huge set production, and I love falsettos because I think it is so much more focused on on the people in it than it is about the time period it was set in and i and you know with falsettos it dealt with the hiv um epidemic during the 80s and 90s and i like i i gravitate towards the ones that have a compelling story as well um whether it's a compelling story or dance related like i would i mean nine the musical movie was not that great but i still love the dances <laughs> it's your guilty pleasure <laughs> musical movie <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things where like okay I, I can just watch it and just enjoy it yeah and i feel like that's how i am when it comes to a lot of those more dance heavy ones um yeah yeah that's that's uh, that, that's how i feel about like uh joseph amazing technical drink coat i don't really care for it but it's it's fun and yeah, it just kind of exists, but like it's it's kind of fun and weird. How about you, Catherine? Like, do you have kind of a biasness, or do you have like, have things that you actually gravitate towards with musicals? I want to say I don't, but I do. <laughs> um, especially like when I like try to, because I for a long time I always hate answering the question what's your favorite musical because I'm like I can't choose. Yeah. Um, but I do have those moments where I have like my top three shows right now outside of Hamilton are Hades Town. Newsies, Anastasia, Once on This Island, like those musicals, they all have these characters that keep going and they keep striving. They never give up. Like those kinds of in the emotional pulls that come within. Yeah, make you connect with those shows. That's the way that they are, and like you are stuck with them, and you want to keep rooting for them. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, that's awesome. I love that. How about you, Aiden? Uh, this was uh, what connects you to musicals no, question. Uh, well, no, I'll, I'll go back to that one. So sorry, I, I kind of divert. Okay. I kind of I, I I got ADHD and and kind of like <laughs> and, and kind of okay. diverted a second. No, uh, do you have a biasness with with musicals and um, you know how do you you know how do they resonate with you? Okay, um, for me it's honestly just it, it's in terms of the I don't know what you like answer that you gave earlier. Um, <laughs> um, it's not totally wrong because it's literally just what do I connect with? What don't mm. I connect with? What's done? Pro what's one is done well, essentially. Like, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to go back to one that we were talking about earlier, which is Legally Blonde. Um, <laughs> because it is the ultimate, I connect with some things very deeply. Yeah. And I don't connect at all with other things in it. <laughs> like, for example, um, I think songs like So Much Better and mm. the title track of the show the actual legally blonde song i think those are brilliant because they very much like feed into something that i've experienced or an emotion that i know kind of thing so much better by the way should just be playing in your head if you're a theater kid and the second you see your name on the cast list because the first line is literally is that my name up on that list <laughs> <laughs> um but at the same time like Songs like Bend and Snap, <laughs> I just don't connect with it all. I love I that song. I think it's <laughs> terrible. I think, I think it's, I think it's like, I think it's like watching the Cats movie. I think it's so bad. <laughs> okay, let's not be mean. Okay, we all have, we haven't seen the Butthole Edition yet. Okay, so just, we're all, we're all holding out for that Oscar winner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that answer. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat too. It's like, is the musical done well? Is it coherent? Like, I, I'm in the same boat. How about you, Matthew? What are you biased towards when it, when it comes to musicals? Like, what do you, what gravitates you to you? Well, so I've, I've never been a great singer, and I've always wanted to be, and so I generally like musicals that have a strong male lead. Okay. So you know, like Newsies, um, Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Rent, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, those kind of movies, you know, where you have a really strong male lead that has a nice tenor voice or sometimes it goes to the alto range. Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, I also like movies, like uh, musicals like um, Avenue Q, which are just hilarious. Right? So good. Just hilarious. Or like, you know, The Book of Mormon, which is yep. just so outrageously, insanely rude and, and disrespectful towards Mormon church. And I know that the, Trey Parker and those guys are, are Mormons, but it's still like hilariously like, like, this is really oh, they're the not musical? Mormons. Like oh, they're both atheists. <laughs> oh, they okay. Yeah. I thought they were Mormons. I, believe, I, I thought they, I came that they were Mormons. They were, like, yeah. Yeah. And then they became atheists. Okay. Wait, what? I heard they were like excommunicated or something. Yeah. That might be a rumor. That might just be a rumor, but that's Oh yeah, no, I don't think so because Matt, yeah. Matt Stone is very was very Jewish. And that's why like everything with Kyle. Oh. Because he's Kyle Yeah, because I, because uh yeah. yeah, Matt Stone is is Kyle and Trey Parker is Stan. I could see Stan being that though. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Could, I mean, I could see Trey being like the former Mormon, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially considering you watch a movie like Orgasmo and like the literal <laughs> first thing that he makes is him making fun of Mormons. I want, like, yeah. I, I, I want that musical. I want a musical version of Orgasmo. Orgasmo that, the musical. That movie is actually really funny and uh, and not known. Like it's so funny. 
And it, anyways, doesn't matter. Okay, uh, that's different, different podcast. Um, <laughs> like I think for me, like I kind of agree with you, Matt. I actually like it's weird. I love like dark, broken characters. As I think Catherine and I have had multiple conversations about that on <laughs> every medium. It was like, is the main character like kind of like lost and confused? And doesn't know what he wants, and he's he's and he's very broken. <laughs> Perfect, my movie. Uh, like. like, <laughs> like Hunchback's my favorite Disney film because it's just everybody's just so messed up uh, and so broken. And so, um, and like, that's why with company, it's like my favorite because it's, 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 it's the main character who's like, I don't know what I want with life. Who do I love? Who loves me? And then, but like, but then it's, after that, it's like the producers, um, you know, Book yeah. of Mormon, Avenue Q, like comedies like really, really, really impact me. Uh, especially in musical theater, and I and I feel like I I'm definitely more biased. Like if it's funny, like I actually like watching Mamma Mia on stage, not so much in the movies. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll we'll probably talk. About I hate it so much. I actually forgot they made it into a movie because that's how <laughs> the third one's coming out. <laughs> no. They're making a third one. Apparently, yeah. or at least rumored, but yeah. Mamma Mia, here we go again, again. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. See, I think times. also, like, I mean, I love, you know, strong female roles too. Like, you yeah. know, The Waitress is a great one. Wicked is amazing. Hairspray is awesome too. So I think there's a balancing yeah. act between all of them. I mean, there's, there really hasn't been a show that, like, I, like, completely hate 100%. Mm. You know, I just, totally like, there's shows right that, <laughs> there's shows I don't. There's shows I don't like, and there's shows I'm like, eh, that one wasn't that great. Yeah. You know, like like I saw Cats live, and I was like, eh. <laughs> I, well, I, I think the I think the number one thing that that makes me hate a musical, and it goes with I think everything else, is when it's o- overtly racist, like Thoroughly Modern <laughs> Millie. <laughs> then I'm just like no, <laughs> like yeah. no thing. I hated this story, and then he introduced these three characters, and I hate you even more. It's the only musical I've ever walked out on at, on Broadway. We paid wow. like almost full price Damn. for a ticket. We wa- and my dad and I walked out. We were like, no, thank you. Um. Anyways, uh, so we're gonna carry on back. We're gonna go. We're gonna go back to uh <laughs> to Catherine. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna ask you about the experiences of you know. You know, especially with you now, actually, and I'm actually really interested in your your perspective of this because you do see a whole different and experience a whole different type of of essentially musical theater with the quote unquote live exclamation point um, recordings. You will actually go to them. Yeah. Been, you went to the hairspray one. I think you said you went to Greece. Um, so I wasn't able to make it to hairspray. Oh, sorry. I I low key regret that because. That was a super fun thing. I actually I went to World of Dance taping mm. after NBC had finished hairspray. And you could still see some of the back lot area with the hairspray overlay, and I was like, "Cry!" <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wasn't. I went to the dress rehearsal, the final dress rehearsal for Grease Live. Yeah. Um, and so they did that just in case if something happened during the live production, they can pull from that footage and use that. So I'm in Grease for like I think one scene. It's the prom scene. And nice. I'm like in this blue shirt. And so it's when you see it from that perspective, you see it from multiple angles because they pull all of these extras from so many different angles. And you're like, you're assigned to this one area. So I was in like the gym area, which was used for the basketball court and for the, the prom and all of this um, track, you know, track and field scenes and stuff like that. And then you have other extras that were pulled. And just, when you see it from that perspective and then you go back and you watch it live, you have this holistic experience with those that's 
makes you kind of appreciate it a little more than just watching it from that face value. Yeah. That's I'm the person that I love behind the scenes and things like that. The mm. the cast when you can um, when you're there, um, just brings it to that whole other level. Yeah, I mean, and so. I, I guess like experience things where it is like on a proper stage, like in a proper theater um, and going into something that now is like so new with the whole live aspect of it. I mean, what changes with you when you kind of go into both different settings? It's hard because you don't see the whole thing. You see mm. it in chunks like you would on a regular film set. Like you film it in chunks. Um, they do play like a TV thing for you when you're there. So you kind of know what's going on and you can get ready for the bits that you have to do coming up. Um, but you're, if you're there in person, you're secluded to the one area that you're in, unless it's like Jesus Christ Superstar, where it was all on that one stage. And if you were there in that audience and you have that whole thing the entire time, but for Grease and for Hairspray, it was in different parts. So depending on where you were, you didn't see the whole thing until you saw a version of it live. Mm. Um, so it just kind of depends. It doesn't really change much. Um, if you don't like the magic ruin, then don't do those kinds of things. Um, but if you don't mind learning more about it, then it just opens. That's interesting. Opens you up to a lot more of it. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. How about you, Aiden? Uh, with with going through and, and experiencing musical theater, you know, outside of you know you going from you know working on them in college. Um. It's, it's just been interesting because, uh, like ever since I did college, um, because, uh, my degree was actually in directing funny enough. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. So, um, we kind of got to see like every single angle of the production side. Like we had to learn about lighting. We had to learn about costuming. We had to learn about makeup. We had to learn about choreography. We had to learn about music, mm. all this kind acting was the biggest thing, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, it's just interesting because you see how like every little choice kind of joins everything together. Mm -hmm. Like, like watching Hamilton, <laughs> like made, made my director brain explode. Cause I was just like, <laughs> how do they do this? Cause like, well, it's like every single clip I'm just noticing, like all these little pieces like coming together whether it's the choreography or whether it's like the this prop needs to be at exactly this point at this time or the whole thing fucks up <laughs> and i'm just like i would have had a fucking aneurysm working on that show <laughs> there was that's so that's funny there was an actual article about like the moving like the moving uh staircase where somebody was just like i almost had a heart attack because i kept on thinking somebody's gonna fall off of that thing <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a whole well, article like, about it <laughs> like that one scene where it's like uh the letter like he writes a letter or something and like all the dancers pass it overhead or something mm -hmm. like that i don't remember what scene that was specifically but uh i remember watching that and i'm like thinking like one of these fuckers is gonna drop the letter like one <laughs> of them is gonna drop it because <laughs> it happens all the goddamn time <laughs> yeah it's true oh it's funny and uh, and that actually leads me on to, you know, the the next questions, which is, you know, what are your thoughts on these recordings of shows? Kind of talked about it with Catherine about, you know, the, uh, with the live shows itself. But how do you guys feel about seeing Broadway shows or maybe even pop up big theater like in Chicago or something like that and just bring people back or whatnot or go to Las Vegas with uh, with Phantom of the Opera? And they also did with Les Mis or was that Les Mis? Did they do that? No, it was, uh, Albert. That was in London. Uh, but like they would do the, the grand things. How do you guys actually feel about 
experiencing these shows recorded like Hamilton. Uh, I'll, I'll also say some examples so we can discuss them as well. Uh, Hamilton, that which had just come out. We also have The Sunday in the Park with George, if you guys know about it, with Bernadette Peters. And um, oh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Princess Bride. Oh my gosh, she killed my father. Terry Owens? What? No. Terry Owens? No, 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 no. Um, oh, Mandy Patinkin? Yes, there you go. Mandy Patinkin. I was like, man... I was way off. Then you also have uh, Cats and the infamous David Hasselhoff in Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, this <laughs> <laughs> so I actually want to know about your thoughts, like, because there are so many. There's the, the Sweeney Todd. There is, I mean, there, there are honestly a ton of these. And some of them are great. Some of them are good. And some of them are like, okay, uh, that exists. And a lot of them, and a lot of them, and a lot of them that just don't, like, avenue q producers um you know wicked especially like a lot of big ones that you just would expect there to be some that just won't put them out so i'm actually gonna go reverse on this one so we can mix it up just a little bit aiden i'm gonna start with you <laughs> how do you feel about the recordings about these and especially with the ones that i uh that i listed and the ones i did not list um it's weird because it's kind of a mixed bag okay because on the one hand I love that these shows are being made more available to everyone. That's not like a New Yorker with a six figure income. Uh, <laughs> um, I love, I love that, that, that I, I love that idea. Um, there's also that part of me that's like, like, for example, if we were to make every single show, like release, like a video, like do like a Hamilton cut on Disney plus, like of like every single major Broadway show, Part of me wonders if that would hurt, like, the regional theaters in, in like, L.A. Mm -hmm. or Seattle or whatever. Because, like, it's like, oh, I've already seen it. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also that part of me that's like, well, maybe if they see it and they really like it, they would be like, oh, I got to see that live now. So it's yeah. it's a mixed bag. Yeah, It's one of those things that, like, I would like to see it attempted more. And then if it does have that effect, then, like, maybe scale it back. But I would like to see them try to expose it more. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. Um, are which one? Do you have any of them that you think that are just done so well? Besides Hamilton, like, like, do you have like any like maybe favorites, and then all, like your two favorites that you've seen, and the two least favorites that you've seen? I haven't actually seen like that many original cast recordings of things. Got it. Um, uh, yeah, it's if I'm just talking about ones that I would like to see made more available. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been very. I've been. I even I made a YouTube video about the whole Hamilton thing, and I was at the very end. I was like, "Disney, can we get Dear Evan Hansen next?" Oh my god! Because uh, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, there's other shows that I think I would want to get more attention that are like ones that have maybe gotten overshadowed a bit. Yeah. Like Waitress got super overshadowed yes! because it came out yes! the same time as Hamilton. Like, yeah, yeah. But it's so good. Yeah. And it's just like, but it came out at the same time as Hamilton. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> and already, and Catherine, how do you feel about these live recordings? I'm going to piggyback off of Aiden. I have a lot of friends who also work in, in the theater. So I'm worried them not being able to get it, that they would get if it would be more normal. Like I'm completely 100% down theater to be more accessible, but I just don't want it to hurt people in the industry that work so hard already. Yeah. Um, so if there's a way for to support everybody and like movie like movie theaters also do this, like Fathom Events will also like do show um things like that 
other I forget like opera is really popular. Yeah, they do a lot of operas, which is awesome. And ballets and things like that. So that's totally fine. Um, just don't forget, like when you do go down the spot, just don't forget about the local and community theater because most of the time it'll just be the Broadway houses that are that are featured for those. Um, yeah. But I'm totally, totally down um, for it as long as everybody's okay with it. Not always being at the Hamilton level because that's at a really high standard for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, so as long as everybody's okay with things are really expensive and not every house is going to have that opportunity to mm-hmm. make something at that level. So as long as you're still willing to support that, um, no matter at what level it's at. Mm. absolutely thank you Uh, and uh what are your two favorite recordings and your two least favorite recordings minus hamilton (laughs) uh least favorite i i tried cats i tried yeah i can't (laughs) um i do appreciate the choreography for cats though and i love the dance for cats and i love the costuming for cats it's just the story i compared to some of the other android repertoires i am not necessarily a fan of um so Cats is one, and then my favorite is actually I Love Into the Woods. Yes, that's a oh, great yeah. one. That movie. Um, the stage one is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, all the Sondheim ones are like just all like top tier. It's amazing. Um, alrighty. And Joseph? Um, everything they said is just so spot on, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, really, though, because... I do like that these recordings make it accessible for anyone Um, because going to watch a show is hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars, especially if you want a good, good fucking seat, you know? So it's, it's great that it makes it accessible and gives it a, a chance to draw in a new crowd of people to want to watch those musicals. So I do like that aspect about uh, of these recordings. However, it you know it does it does hurt, or I imagine it would hurt the um, the actual industry because I do have a bunch of friends who are in, in the in the industry who are yeah. singers and dancers who do theater work and all that stuff, and how much that does impact it. You know, what I mean, like even just constantly i know youtube is always putting down or always taking down the bootleg versions <laughs> of everything because you know i want to be able to support the arts i want to be able Absolutely. to support musical theater in any way shape or form and it being accessible is something that i can do um in my budget you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah. I, I do <laughs> i do like that um but it 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 does come at a price you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, what are your what are your least favorite and favorite ones? I don't know if I have a least favorite, mm. but my favorite is the is also Into the Woods, the revival. Um, Vanessa oh, yeah. Williams. Vanessa Williams as the witch is the best. <laughs> I love her. I just love that character. I feel like she's the realest character in the in, in Into the Woods, and I love. Oh, the um, agony. Aiden, what were you saying? Uh, I, I want to say something to piggyback off of this, because this isn't uh, this is not necessarily about musicals, but about theater as a whole. Yeah. I wish there were more cast recordings of non-musical plays on Broadway. Yeah. yeah. Like, for example, so cool. for example, I would kill to watch the uh, run of Network with Brian Cranston oh, that was on God. Broadway. I would yeah. kill to watch that. Absolutely. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. And, like, I've, I've, I've talked to a lot about Noises Off with, with so many people as a play. 
that they have the Michael Caine movie, but I want the play version because it's so much funnier and it works better than it does as a than a film. And yeah, yeah I agree with you completely. Thank you for saying that. I I love that. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that Aiden, you didn't say Love Never Dies is your least favorite recording. <laughs> By the way. I'm, I'm, I've, never, I've never seen it. That's oh. the thing. <laughs> Catherine knows I love it. And we've had a very, I had a very stern talking to you about it, about that opinion. All right, Matthew, how do you feel about, uh, about the recordings? Uh, I, I like them, obviously, because it makes it accessible, like everyone said. But I think the one thing that seeing a play or show live on stage the one thing it does is it, it immerses you, yes. you know, especially if you if you do pay money and get good seats. I remember I saw Rent at the Pantages, and I was like literally like center like center orchestra, and like I was like in it, and I'm like this is the best thing ever, right? And I've seen it also where I was like in the mezzanine, I've seen it at the Secretrum, which is okay, but you know, so I do I think that watching those shows on 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 your TV in your house or on your phone or however you watch TV does take away from the element of theater. Yeah. Where you're like, in, you know, enveloped in it. But I mean, I, I definitely enjoy it. I mean, I, I could never afford to go see Hamilton live on stage anywhere because I don't have a thousand dollars. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> it's, it's great for me to be able to watch it. My wife will watch it, you know, in our house. So do I want more of them? I don't know. I think some shows need to be left on stage because of how they are. Yeah. You know, um, watching Sweeney Todd, you know, the live version is great, but watching it in, on, on stage in a, in, a, in a playhouse is 10 times better because oh, yeah. it's like you're, you're immersed in it and they have the lights going off and it's just, it's different, right? It's great to watch it on my TV, but it's just different. So absolutely. Yeah. It- and it's it's fascinating because it's kind of like a movie experience where a lot of people, you know, will like say like, oh, seeing something in IMAX is so much better than ever seeing it in, in, in you know, yeah. at home or even just in a normal movie theater as well on top of that. But like I feel kind of the, I feel with musical theater, why it's so important, why I love it so much. And this is my opinion is that every production is different. They always look different. Mm-hmm. The sets are different. Something something is always different. And so I actually really I'm going to go back and I guess maybe disagree with everybody, but like, I, I really think that every one of these should be recorded because the rights go up so quickly and high schools and community theaters can, can make these musicals. And if mm-hmm. people watch the musicals and like them and get them to, you know, want to see them in, in, in that setting, it'll also open people's minds. I feel like to maybe accept that, Oh, musical theater is always different. And then maybe they'll even see even more musical theater as opposed to mm-hmm. I don't know that, that that's kind of how I felt because whenever I watch these I'm like God I can't wait to like for music for like to see something in theaters and so like yeah I'm oh man like I'm I love like even if they are like really terrible recordings like Cats and Jekyll and Hyde with you know David Hasselhoff <laughs> um, <laughs> it still makes me want to be like I want I like if they're bad it makes me be like okay I have to see this like done well. Like <laughs> I have to see this better. Right. Um, <laughs> like got you um, or Pippin. Um, I just gotta throw in some shade at Pippin. Oh hate, Pippin! Oh, I hate Pippin. <laughs> oh God. Um, anyways, I can agree with you on this, Tyler. Thank I'm God. With you on this one. <laughs> <sighs> Pippin and Carousel, are like two other ones. I'm just like, no. Carousel's another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a turn. Um, but. And, okay, so Carousel, wife beating the musical. Oh. <laughs> Random death, do it. Um, so like, you know, you're watching it on on stage, either 
extremely well done, like like Hamilton, or kind of you know maybe even watching a high school recording with a guy that was you know paid fifty bucks to to sit there and and just have one camera just you know facing facing the stage. All these are accessible and are easy to watch. And then you get into the insanely budget, the in, the the biggest names possible or that you would ever imagine being in the show to begin with, and you have films in these live series. Do you think, um, you know, regarding having something with people who may not deserve to be in their role, or maybe people who do deserve to be in their role, I would say, like, Phantom of the Opera is probably the number one Mm -hmm. best example as to how to cast and not cast a musical theater movie where you have many driver who cannot sing whatsoever being, being almost the entirety of it. Like even some of these even said some of her speaking words were, were also voiced (laughs) over the person who sang. Um, and, uh, like, you know, and then also you have somebody who is an action star, playing the fan of the opera, which I still don't think is that bad. Uh, I don't think he did. He was. I don't think he, he was. Bad. I don't think he was that he bad. And you it's know, okay. You can be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and then, like, I, I even feel like, but the thing with movies is, and like, I, I'm going to open up to, to you guys next. Uh, it's just, I don't think it's also has anything to do with the actors. It's also has to do with directors. Like you can tell yeah. from Sweeney Todd that, a, that the wrong director can really break a musical and the wrong director really broke that musical, especially for me. I feel like, uh, this time I'll start with, I'll start with Catherine, Matt, and then Joseph Aiden. I'm going to go through the zigzag of the things. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want them to do? And are you happy with what they've been doing? When you grow up with a lot of shows, you get, you get very overprotective. So the hardest things for musical theater fans is being able to be open to it being a movie adaptation in the first place. Mm-hmm. What I'm really excited about with, in the Heights per particular that's mm-hmm. coming out. Um, you have John Chu, who has no musical background whatsoever directing it, but I know he's a solid director, so I'm not necessarily concerned of how it's going to go. But you also have the original team from the musical working behind him on it. Yeah. yeah. So if you can get a way to bring both sides to that creative room, then it should be fine. You also have that same thing with West Side Story with like like. Rita Moreno coming in and reprising a role in the show that she was in the 60s. Um, but you have Steven Spielberg directing it. So as long as there's a way for you to balance both that Hollywood aspect and the Broadway aspect, and then just remember, don't forget about the theater world and the people that actually worked on it before. Yeah, um, That's kind of like my ideal ideal but i'm really excited about in the heights um really really sad that we couldn't get it this year yeah um, but it'll, it'll be worth the wait it'll be worth the wait for it so um what do you think are some of the good examples or maybe the best examples of a movie that is truly um sheds sheds the musical in good light of the film ad- adaptations like which which ones in particular would you you know give credit to as as campy as they are and as love hate relationship depending on if you like apple music or not i really like the Mamma Mia movie, especially the first Mamma Mia movie, because it does stay true to the reproduction and it does um, a really good job of keeping that in mind. And then with the, with the sequels, if you want to watch that, it, it just add on more to it. Um, another one I brought up earlier into the woods is another mm-hmm. strong movie yeah. adaptation. I'm on like halfway with Les Mis, except for all like the close up mm-hmm. shots. <laughs> <laughs> 
like the production value production value wise like is amazing yeah yeah i i will agree with that but man that movie gave me more claustrophobia than the descent did yeah, <laughs> yeah like what is, what is like the close-ups you know everything uh, else it was in, in some other things but it was a pretty solid yeah solid yeah. thing I, f- I feel like I feel like that um, the director he also did cats too. I just want to throw that out there. I want him to make a musical version of what's that of uh, buried with Brian Reynolds. Like oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was horrible. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, next up, uh, Matt. I like them. You know, I think that some of them obviously are, are a little bit better than others. Um, like one of my favorite stage to film was the producers. Mm-hmm. I think that that one really stayed almost identical to the show itself that you would see on stage. They did miss a couple of things like Little Old Lady Lang, which I wish they kind of yeah. kept that in because it's kind of funny. But it, the show itself was, the film itself was really good. And you have some like Phantom, which I liked and it was good, but meh. Yeah. And then like Les Mis, where you have like Russell Crowe, who can't sing a lick, playing. <laughs> You know, this guy, I, it's, I don't, it's just, I think sometimes you, you look at Hollywood and they go, who can we get that's going to be a name to, to draw? And I think that's when you go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you have like Rent, which had a, a ton of the original cast, you know, probably cast, and I thought it was terrible. And that's like one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Rent. I think it's a great musical, but I hate the film. And people who I talk to who say they hate Rent, I ask them, Film or film or stage, and they always say film because the film is just so terrible. I just don't like. It. You, you didn't like those scenic shots of the Grand Canyon for no reason. No. I get it. It's hard to do because it's like, how do you like it, on stage? Like when you're watching a, a show you know, at the Pantages or in a, in a theater, like your mind is taking you to places because the director or the stage production manager is making you go to those places. Yeah. On film, they're trying to make you see what you're supposed to see. Yeah. It doesn't always work because, you know, I don't, I don't really need to see Roger driving to Santa Fe. I just, I know he's going there. So he's just there <laughs> in the background. I don't, I don't need to see him looking at the fucking, yeah, the yeah. Grand Canyon. I don't need that. <laughs> you know? But then you also have shows like Into the Woods, which I thought was amazing. Um, I actually liked Sweeney Todd, but I don't know. Maybe I just like Johnny Depp a little bit. Um, yeah. I, he was know, not the problem in that film at all. I No, he wasn't. He yeah. wasn't. But, you know, so you have you have good shows and bad shows. But like I said, I think it just depends on on how much they change. And I guess because I, we, you know, we all have seen shows live and when you watch a movie that you've seen live, you're like, that's nah, different. Yeah. That's, that's wrong. It's like, you know, reading a book like Harry Potter, you read a book and you're like, they're missing half this stuff. Like what's going on here, guys? Like, why is this, why, why'd you leave this out? Like this was an integral part to the show. Yeah. And, and they leave it out. And so I think if, if they say true, then it's fine. But you know, I haven't seen cats, but I, again, I, I hear it's terrible. So. Yeah, <laughs> save yourself the heartbreak. <laughs> I've seen I've seen three scenes the the cockroach scene because I just needed to see it. <laughs> I needed to see that. Um, <laughs> Rebel Wilson was a mistake. But, but then you also have you also have movies like Camp. I don't know if anyone's seen that one before. Mm-mm. Who it's nothing. Oh, watch it! It's on IFC. It's a terrible like movie. 
but it's a great movie. Got it. It's okay. all about like it's all about uh, a summer theater camp, and it's awesome. But it also is really terrible, and it's Anna Kendrick's like breakout role. Oh, so, nice! Yeah. I love Anna. Kendrick. She's like fourteen and everything like that. But oh wow! Mm, don't think about that. Oh, wow. Don't think about that. Man, and, and uh, Joseph. I, I I don't mind movie adaptations of musicals because um, there's a good handful, if not a plethora of them that I haven't seen. Yeah. So musical movies have just been my have been like, oh, cool. This is for me to be able to watch it. Right. But then there are like I have seen Into the Woods as a production. I actually thought I didn't quite like the movie of Into the Woods. Mm. Um, one, because I love the narrator. Narrator is my favorite. Um, second to the witch. I love the narrator. Um, and I love agony reprise just as much as I love agony. Yeah. So I was upset. Like, and like, just like what Catherine said, you do sort of get a little possessive over your musicals that you do love. Um, so I felt a little disappointed. And I remember I went in theater in movie theater with my sister and watched it and so many of the songs that i knew weren't used and i was disappointed i was disappointed because i i wanted to hear those songs but um overall it wasn't bad i do understand that between um theater productions and um film adaptations like you don't necessarily need to have good singers be in the film adaptations to do it justice. You mm. know what I mean? <laughs> you have the camera to be in that close-up shot if you need it to, to emote, but on stage, that's not necessarily the case. So yeah. you don't necessarily you need a strong voice and a strong um, presence to, to do the stage, but then on film, not nece- that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Like, and I say that with... Um, I love Meryl Streep, and I thought she did fantastic <laughs> The Witch, but... It wasn't as magical as like Bernadette Peters. It wasn't as or, magical. Yeah. It wasn't as mm-hmm. magical, and you know that. And same thing with Sweeney Todd with Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, Patty Lupone is phenomenal. Yep. But you have Helena Bonham Carter who's filling for that role, and it's lackluster. It's just not the same. It's just not <laughs> the same. You know. Um. So a lot of it does depend on casting, um, and it always just seems like Hollywood's just trying to pick out people who can get more people to watch their film, right? And so that's disappointing. And I think that also bleeds into all the live, um, the live yeah. uh, TV adaptations. <laughs> you know, they're just pulling, uh, they're just pulling people to make sure that they have an audience, you know? Yeah. Um, so it just depends again. Um, I would still watch it regardless. <laughs> Period. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I, I definitely yeah. hear that. Um, no, I, and, and, and I agree. Um, anyway, so uh, I, I can't remember. Did you say what your, your favorite adaptations were? No, you... Oh, my favorite adaptation. Okay. <laughs> I actually liked Rent. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like Grand Candy that really brought it together. Um, it definitely Go wasn't, deep! It wasn't the, the Grand Canyon shot for sure. Yeah. That's what the <laughs> stage show is missing is that Grand Canyon have shot. Have you seen the stage show? Have you seen the stage show? I actually show? have not. I have not. Okay, but I so have... watch the stage show and then go watch the movie and you'll be like, oh, fuck, this is terrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like Rent for the music mm-hmm. and, and like, each character bit. Mm-hmm. But then that's it. That's just, It's just very surface level. 
and I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of like the shots of the film, eh. <laughs> I, I yeah. get it just by listening to the song period <laughs> without yeah. having to see all the little nuances on film. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. But if I were to choose, wait, can, is a, is a what about it? Like a TV musical sure. adaptation. Okay. I love Rogers and Hammerstein's um, Cinderella. Oh, absolutely. The, yeah. Disney, the, the Disney one, right? Um, With Whoopi Goldberg. The, the Whoopi Goldberg, Winnie Houston. Yeah. Everyone is so good. And like, Peters, oh, it's, it's so good. I yeah. love that one. That was my favorite. Everybody could that sing or or actually like like everybody was like like good at their role and nothing everyone made sense was too. Good. And I'm just you like did hell not yeah. Question anything. I know. Everyone was good. And, <laughs> and I, I like the uh, I like the uh, the the live version of Sound of Music, but I also just love Sound of Music. Yeah. And I think that like I love Julie Andrews and anything. Mm-hmm. I think I had a crush on her mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I think we so, all did. <laughs> yeah. But I think that whatever that country artist name is, uh, the Carrie Underwood, Carrie Underwood yeah. I think she did a really good job mm. on that show, and, and it was great. Nice. I, I, Actually, I didn't not... oh. can I take back my answer that I sure. said earlier? I just thought about it. My favorite movie adaptation is The Wiz. Wow. Really? Oh. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I was it a mu- Wait, was it a musical first and then a movie? I thought it was the other yes, way around. Was. I'm oh. pretty sure it was a musical first. Yeah, musical yeah. first. It was oh, a musical wow. First, and then I didn't it was like off Broadway. It was like off Broadway. Yeah. yeah. I didn't so know like, that. Can I resend? I'm going to resend my answer. Hold on. That's amazing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. Diana Ross. I, I never <laughs> knew. Yeah. That's awesome. I had no idea. I actually thought, I thought that that was a movie first and a musical. Um, Cool. Okay. Perfect. Captain EO. Yes, <laughs> Captain Neo. I love Captain Neo. I have a plushie. I have a little fluffball plushie at home. <laughs> Alrighty, Aiden. What about you? What What makes or breaks a, a film adaptation? And what are your favorites and least favorites? Um, it's interesting. Uh, so, Lindsay Ellis did a video on something wow. like this pretty recently. Uh, it was It was when she was talking about cats, um, specifically. I forgot about and, her completely, uh, man. I I really liked a lot of what she had to say in that video, which is that it is very, 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 very difficult to translate a theatrical musical to film effectively in a live action setting. Um, it's a lot easier to do it in an anime in an animated setting because yeah. then the world's a little more whimsical. There's a lot more like uh make believey kind of energy yeah. it's a lot easier to suspend your disbelief that a bunch of people just broke out into a song that yeah we're out of there's no osha uh, so you can do a lot more crazy things like yeah of- oh totally uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that said i don't think it's impossible um i have disliked more film adaptations of musicals than i have liked hmm. i am very optimistic about in the heights because it looks yeah. the trailer looked yeah. fantastic and I think Solid it's one that's easier. Too, so. I think it's one that's easier to translate. Um, yeah. Like for example, there was talk about like doing like a Hamilton movie, not like a screen record. Oh, like they're still making record. it, and that is still yeah. absolutely I in think, production. Yeah. I think that is a horrible fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't that because that musical storytelling method is so 
it's like almost impossible to yeah. convey mm-hmm. by film. Absolutely. Because it's so grand in scale and like you have scenes that it's, are separated by six months to like years at a time. It's just impossible. It's minimalistic yeah. and also so detailed. Like it's just, it's so mm-hmm. weird. Like you're just like, it's abstract, but then also not at all. Like and it's also very yeah. blatant. It's the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, uh, yeah. And uh, next is, um. so Lindsay made one really good point and it's, I'm sorry, but I'm going to really pick on Tom Hooper here for a second. Um, <laughs> please, please but, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> um, Tom Hooper is like everything, how to do everything wrong with a movie musical adaptation. Yeah. Uh, n- I would say not just Cats. I would say Les Mis too. Oh, um, I, I, I hate Les Mis. So yeah, you're. Yeah. Because <laughs> he literally tries to do a musical the exact way that you would do a movie. And it doesn't work when no. somebody, because like, for example, a lot of those numbers that Hugh Jackman does in Les Mis are meant to hit the cheap seats. Like, yeah. they're big, belty numbers. And when that's being done right in your face, it's just like, <laughs> fucking yeah. shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I it. hate Hugh Jackman, yeah. so it's even worse. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. I actually really like Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it's honestly I think the worst performance in that movie is Amanda Seyfried, but yes. mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I think yeah. And honestly, like people say like Anne Hathaway is the best performance. The best performance in that movie is Eddie Redmayne by far. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um I think Hugh Jackman gets a little too much shit because his speak dialogue, his speak singing is terrible. I think he's fine when it's like the actual songs, but like his mm-hmm. speak singing is god awful. Russell Crowe, I Russell Crowe, I, I think also gets a little too much shit. Yeah, because <laughs> he's a okay. folk, he's a folk singer, and I don't. I just, I mean, he also acted it's well. Not his medium. It's yeah. not his medium. Yeah. It's not. He's not and a belter. I mean, he's he's a casual like. I, hey, we're well, I'm on stage playing a, a a folky song. Let's drink beer and forget about me five minutes later. Like yes. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's also just like um, the way that Tom Hooper approaches musicals is uh, he tries to make them too intimate. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll agree with and that. It's like because he's like, oh, but we're going to do it like how theater does it, where we're going to like actually use the audio from the set and we're going to do it like all in one take and blah, 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 blah. And it's like that works for musicals. Be- that works for the theater because the audience is a little further away from the performer. Yeah, they can't. Yeah every little detail that's wrong and not uh, only that, it's also like it, it's everything it's the rehearsal time you spend all that time with everybody every day rehearsing mm-hmm. and like it's mm-hmm. a whole different thing where when you're making a movie when you're doing choreography you're, you're doing it with like a stunt choreograph like, like you're not you're not with everybody every day you're not yeah. you don't have that companionship yeah. and everything mm-hmm. they so Sorry. With that said, I am also re- I am more in favor of musicals that are made as films rather than stage musicals that are turned into films. Got it. Yes. Like, for example, like something like La La Land or Moulin mm-hmm. Rouge or something like that. Because there it's like you don't have to worry about translating. You're already like painting the canvas in front of you. You don't have to right. worry about like taking somebody else's painting and changing it kind of thing. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I also really like I really loved her point about um, animation being a really good conduit for musicals. Like yeah. um, one of my favorite animated musicals of all time. And I'm still making this argument. Disney, Dance. Has, Disney has yet to make a movie that is as good as the Prince of Egypt. 
Yes. Oh, that's, that's, oh yes. That's DreamWorks, buddy. <laughs> that is my that's my hot take, but this <laughs> is that, that's DreamWorks' first film. DreamWorks. It's DreamWorks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There is a stage adaptation of it. Though. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it just came out two years ago, right? I think. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it, but I'm curious because that movie is so fucking grand in scope. I'm yeah. curious mm-hmm. how that works in a theater environment. The Broadway recordings are awesome. Like, because uh, I saw them on YouTube, it was the Plague song is epic. On like when you oh, have yeah. when you have an entire ensemble where it's not like professionally mixed and everything like that, and you just have them on a stage screaming with reverb and everything. Oh, it sounds so much better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm curious to see how like Deliver Us would work on oh, stage. Yeah. Because yeah. it's supposed to be like thousands of people singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> how, um, and, well, so what, do you, what is your favorite adaptation that you've seen and your least favorite? Um, the one that I think has been done the best, and it's one that I'm kind of surprised hasn't been mentioned. I really liked the adaptation of Chicago. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think we just forget about it because yeah. <laughs> it, it won in the Academy Award Best Picture. Like, I know. <laughs> um, I really like Chicago. It um, is so well done. That production value is so good. It's so I, good. John C. Riley in that is so amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I miss him doing. I miss him yeah. doing drama. You, you remember yeah. when? Didn't he win an Oscar for that role yep. too? Yeah. Yeah. He won. Yeah, which, Catherine Zeta Jones won, and then the movie won for Best Picture. Or was it Renee yeah. Zellweger won? One of them won. One of those. I one think it was Catherine Zeta Jones that won, but yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it's. I really loved Chicago. Uh, if I was going to talk about my least favorite one, um, and this is going to be funny because. I'm gonna say it's the. Never mind. I know what my least favorite one is. It's and... not the Matthew Broderick M- Music Man, is it? No. Has anybody no, seen I that have... TV one? No, I have. I have a lot of opinions about Matthew Broderick on camera. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he should stay on the stage and get away from the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a great theater performer, but yeah. I think his best um, role. I think his best role was in Oh Hello. Um, at the end of uh, never mind. Has anybody seen Oh Hello on Broadway yet? No. I have seen Oh Hello. It's fantastic. He's in he's, he's, in, he's in three seconds of it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that show is great. Um, no, my because I have seen Cats, and I'm actually a person who doesn't think it's as bad as people say it is. It's bad, but it's not like a Holocaust of film. <laughs> it's like a three out of ten as opposed to a one out of ten in my opinion. Yeah. I, I can yeah. hear that. Yeah, mostly just because Jennifer Hudson, but yeah. Oh, she's um, queen. Yeah, uh, but uh, least favorite has to be Mamma Mia. Sorry, but sorry, but you can't. Sorry, but like everybody shits on uh, Russell Crowe. Everybody shits on fucking uh, Gerard Butler, but the worst musical <laughs> performance ever is fucking Pierce Brosnan. Also, also, it was before Meryl Streep knew how to sing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't like I don't like Mamma Mia because I feel like it did take away a lot of the stuff from from the musical uh, from it being on stage because on stage is more of a of like a family show where it's not like where it's just kind of like ridiculous and fun where the movie was just like really it had a demographic like it it really oh, yeah. was just like this is not for kids like they oversexualized was like named Karen. Yeah, like essentially that's what it was. It was like, and like, yeah, and like, it, it, it just divorced white women. Yeah. 
Mommy is like my camp guilty pleasure yeah. music. It, it is camp. <laughs> I will say, I will say, the scene that cracks me up every time is the fucking flipper dance where they're on the boardwalk. Oh, oh. <laughs> but on stage, it's cool, and you and you're impressed. That and you're number impressed. on film, that yeah. number on film, I like fall out of my chair because it's so dumb. <laughs> Don't go sharing your emotion. Okay. Um. No. Um. Godly. Okay, so awesome. Thank you guys so much. Um, so I, I want to ask well, the last question of the night uh, or for the discussion, which is going to be what happens after this quarantine? What happens after all this? What do you guys kind of expect and what do you want to see from musical theater on Broadway or big theaters like Pantages or even just community theaters? What, what would you like to see change with musical theater as a whole after this? I think the future is going to um be after this quarantine you know accessibility right because um as far as i've read online or articles or whatever saying that you know theater is sort of dying right and being able and especially with this quarantine it didn't help and um it definitely needs to be more accessible so i definitely see that with um, after the quarantine, I would like to see things. I'd like to see it open up for so I can go watch things because that would be freaking amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been dying to just watch a musical. Like one of my favorite. Well, I I know I told you about this before, but I really want to watch Six the musical. Yeah, I really want to watch it. I love the music. It's it's short. I watched the bootleg one, but I listened to know, it because you gave it. You sent me all the stuff, and I loved it. I forgot to tell you. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's it's so much fun. Um, I think that after this quarantine, um, they're going to have to really direct how they can create a greater reach because mm-hmm. after Hamilton being released and the impact it's made, especially with my circle of friends and who, whomever have seen it, I think it's going to be in that direction and if it's not it might not be a good a good good thing then you know absolutely no i i absolutely like like we were talking about earlier i i think uh accessibility absolutely is important um like i was saying earlier my my approach to the whole like cast recordings becoming more available is kind of a mixed bag but at the end of the day i think we should give it a go more than ignore it uh and then if there is like a sizable damage done to community theater, yeah. then sure, then take that into account. But uh it's it's interesting because um we can we can get a hold of these shows pretty easily if you're in a big city like Los Angeles or Seattle or Chicago or New York or just any of those large cities. But like if you live in like bumfuck nowhere, Kentucky <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Like you have no exposure to any of that aside yeah. from like them doing thoroughly modern Millie for the fifth time. <laughs> I know you love that. Or was it? But, uh, <laughs> there's just a huge lack of exposure to anything that's outside of your small town, and the internet is a great way to change that. And that's kind of why I am a lot more on board of releasing a lot of these cast recordings because, again, like maybe it ex- inspires somebody in like fucking Appalachia to put on a production of I don't know if they'd allow rent because it's (laughs) Appalachia (laughs) but I don't know maybe something like fucking Wicked or I don't know like yeah (laughs) 
I want to like, I want to see like Eskimos and you know Eskimos in Alaska like do a, a whole production <laughs> of of like assassins. I think that was... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I remember there was a really interesting discussion about this a while back and uh it's it's kind of similar uh because I remember there was a production of In the Heights being done in Australia. And Australia has like very little to no Latino people living in there. So it was very hard for them to cast it appropriately. So there was this big debate on, is it okay that they do it or is it not? And, but I don't know. At the same time, I'm just like, well, I'm not going to say it's a, if it's okay or not, because it wasn't a large city, they could probably find somebody, but like it kind of lends itself to that whole idea of just get the material into people's hands in the first place, just so they at least know it exists. I I would love to see in the heights out here done it like in a, in a community theater. I would absolutely love to. And like I, mm-hmm. I I'll bounce off of that. I saw I don't know if you guys know what Aida is the Elton John mm-hmm. Tim Rice show. There is on YouTube right now a high school uh that that did it and everybody's white. Um and I really like I know it's also a high school one, but like it was like this like this really crazy big arts academy and. It is just unwatchable because it just doesn't yeah. feel right and everything. And it's just, yeah. There's also that part of me that's like making that mistake kind of exposes some people to that debate in the first place. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is yeah. very true too. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I guess that's. I'm not saying it's okay, but like, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's, that's, that. I see, I've just never even thought about that. And that's something I definitely look into and look in, look inward for. Um, absolutely. Alrighty, uh, Matthew, how do you feel about, or um, what about you? How do you feel like the future of musical theater, where it's going, what you would like to see? So I think as a whole, musical theater is a fairly, in, it's much more inclusive than, let's say, Hollywood. Right? Yeah. And you talked about that, the all-white casting of Evita. And, I mean, for such a long time, you know, Productions were always done blind casting, so it didn't matter if you were white, black, brown. You know, there was times where I would, you know, I was in Greece, and Greece was an all-white school. You know, whatever, I can't remember the name of school right now, but, you know, I was in Greece. And so, you know, I think having that happen is, is it just depends on where the school is located. And I, and I get, you know, wanting to have people's voices heard and, and make sure that things are right uh, when it comes to people of color and, and, and different things. But, you know... That's the one thing I think I love about musical theater is that no matter where you're from or who you are, you can be the lead. You know, the one thing I think Hamilton showed us is that you can have a a cast and one thing that, you know, in the Heights as well, have a cast of all people of color and it works Mm -hmm. and people love it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you look at Hamilton and it sold out like crazy in the Heights and it won Tony after Tony after Tony. And, you know, so that that's awesome, but then you also look at you know shows like The Producers, which there aren't a ton of white people, uh, colored people in it, but there are a ton of homosexuals in it. Like everyone's in it, mm. it's homosexual. and that's a, that's also a a group of people that is represented in that. And so, you know, it's one of the things I love about theater is that no matter what show you have, you can look and you can find your group represented there. Mm. And I want that to continue to grow. You know. I also want to continue to see more people of color like have an opportunity to to, to write and direct, yes. and to not just be like choreographers or stage or production managers, but to be like the leading person. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a a guy or a girl, I don't care. Like you know, it's just to have someone else 
who's not white. You know, I was watching this documentary on Broadway like a couple months ago, and it said that in the eighties and nineties, Broadway was predominantly white, both in the managers, the management side, as well as the the viewership side. And then towards the two thousands and late nineties and two thousands, it's kind of flipped on its head because of the fact that there are so many more people of color who are a lot getting their voice heard, and yep. whether it's on off Broadway or even on some of the smaller Broadway stages, it's still happening. And then you also have women like Sarah Bareilles who wrote, you know, The Waitress, and and it's just an amazing musical that didn't do so well because of Hamilton, but it's still really good. <laughs> you have you have a you have a, a you know a, a girl who is a songwriter who wrote an amazing you know book, and whether the musical did well with the awards it still did well when it came to you know the soundtrack it was yeah. so great the reviews were phenomenal for it so yeah it's just amazing and so and 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 even when you look at that too at the waitress they had multiple girls play them the leading character and they had girls like jordan sparks and uh Catherine McPhee. So they had you know african-americans they had you know white people they had asian and, and, and that's the one thing i love about that so i hope that continues as well mm-hmm. as the fact that, you know, to move forward, I would just love to see more people of color um, get that, like, main spot. Yeah. Be like a Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is, he wrote the book, he he wrote the story, he, he did everything. And because mm-hmm. there's people out there who can do that, but they're just not giving it a shot. So I hope that. Absolutely. That happens. Nice pun there. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> by, the way, by the way, I have to say this, okay? So uh, the Hamilton show, Hamilton film was great. But I thought that Lin Manuel Miranda was the worst performer of them all. I cannot stand his voice at all. I don't know why. I just can't. Oh, is um, it because he is it because he sounds like a high pitched Carl Sagan? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Lin. I do not like his voice. And there is a recording of him singing um uh, Bring Him Home. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh no! It is. I think I have seen that. Yeah. And there's another recording of him singing another really big song, and it's just, and it's like, it's one of those things where it was. Um, I was watching like a compilation YouTube video, where I was like, the, the best singers of this song, and then it's like all these amazing people performing it, either like on open mics oh. in New York City, and then it ends with the Lin Manuel Miranda. And it's just, it was, and the comments are just so. It, was it that one where it was? Uh, it was that song from Jesus Christ Superstar. It was the what? <laughs> yes, it was that one. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember he was like, "What?" It was Gethsemane. Okay, yeah. yeah. Especially when you're like you're up against like Leslie Odom Jr. Like, bro, God. Like, yeah, Chris Jackson. Come on, like, did they ever explain know. as to why? Like, yeah. Why did Leslie Odom Jr. Why does he talk that way? Why does he has a why does he have a lisp in in the show? Because he know. doesn't. It, it, uh, his voice is so soothing and like and like and, and lower. I don't know in real life. Like because I was watching the interview and I'm like, I know I've heard of him because he was also in um the Kenneth Branagh um the train murder movie um and like sounded completely normal. But then in Hamilton, he just he's like oh, really oh, oh, murder on the Orient, yeah. murder on the Orient Express. But like he but in Hamilton, his voice is so he's like talking higher pitch. And has like this really weird lisp where it's just kind of like, why does he do that? I I, I don't know okay. why. I wonder if he's trying to like. Okay. you know you know what it is. Over. You know what it is. You know what it is. What is it? Because Aaron Burr is constantly trying to suck up and impress everyone, uh, so he's constantly smiling and trying to be super presentable. Oh. 
and like really be oh. that nice guy. Okay, that and does like, make sense. It was like because like at first I was not vibing with his performance in that movie, and then as it went on, I started to get that. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is secret. He is. Oh. I think he. Like, like, yeah. I, I think he's actually one of the best performers. Um, and I, I wanted to like I want to see him in. It's him and Philip to... Sue for me. Like yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen what have. I went to his concert, and that's where I actually met him at Stage Door. If you ever get a chance to see any of his jazz concerts, Leslie Odom Jr. and his jazz yeah. material—it's just—I oh. think he is my favorite rendition of my favorite things from Sound of Music, or mm-hmm. Sound of Music. Wait, or is that yeah, Sound of Music? Now I get now, now I get my Julie yeah, Andrew movies. Sound of music. Okay, good. Sound of music. I was like, is it Mary Poppins or Sound of Music? Okay, um. it's Sound of Music. <laughs> I have one thing more to say to like piggyback off of something that Matthew was saying earlier, and it was like. Uh, how we do need more POC voices in theater. And I I totally agree. And I think it's also worth pointing out that the POC voices we've been pointing to have all been shows written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> So we need more than one is basically yeah. what I'm trying to say. That's true. I'm going to add on to that because um, everything that I was going to say has already been said. Mm. It has to start at the arts education level in schools. Mm-hmm. Like if mm. you have a good solid arts education program your your kids are going to be introduced to these things at a much earlier age and they're going to be more exposed to it if those programs are gone they have to do all the work themselves yeah yeah that's kind of mm-hmm. i was lucky like when i was growing up in california for like the first half of elementary we didn't really have anything going on middle school it was that one music teacher that i had that changed everything and then the second half of middle school when I moved back here, it was another music teacher that changed everything. So you have to start it at the arts education level and then and then move up to Absolutely. I agree with that 100 percent That yeah. is one hundred percent true. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Just along what you, what you said, um Catherine, because in elementary school for me, we actually did the Lion King. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't I was part of it. Then I had to like pull myself out. But um yeah, that was something that was available to us. And then when I went to middle school, we didn't have there was there was none whatsoever. There was no arts education um, program. None of that was was present. But my rival middle school had that. And then my rival middle school, my middle school, and my rival middle school, we went. We then go into one high school, and from there, it was all the people from my rival middle school that had the exposure. And they knew everything. And those oh. are the friends that I got friends with. And so it definitely it definitely shows that arts education needs to start at a younger age in order to in order to attract that crowd, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. My my middle school had nothing. Like we had our choir and band and orchestra and then like that was it. Nothing else. Like uh they they didn't even have a theater department or anything. So thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for being here on, on this panel discussion. This has been so much fun talking to you and he- also hearing your guys' input on, on everything. Um, before we go, I just want to hear from what you guys is uh, Catherine's favorite question. What are your favorite musicals? What do you suggest people to essentially listen to the, during this quarantine? Because you have so many different avenues of it, like it, not even watching it, just listening to the music with Spotify, YouTube and everything else. So name maybe like some th- like three shows and uh, plug whatever you want to plug as well one by one and I'll start this time with Catherine. I got this prepared just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually got an all access ticket for a theater like a virtual experience so it's um she NYC Arts is like the like the parent and then they also have festivals out in LA and Atlanta and they feature plays from women creators. 
And oh. this summer, it's all virtual. And so you can watch these plays on your computer, which is super nice if you what? missed that, that theater experience. So the website that you can go off of is um, she, so S like Sam, H like Henry, E, NYCarts.org. And you can go into all of their virtual experience. So that's another um, group that I want to plug for more things outside of like the Seth concerts that you can also watch and things like that. Um, another group is the Dance of Dance Theater of Harlem. Um, they do a lot of ballet for um, dancers of color as well. So their website is dancetheateroharlem.org. And they also have summer virtual programs. That's amazing. Thank you. So hi, my name is Catherine Mudgeway. You can find me on Instagram at Catherine Mudgeway. I'm also a staff writer for withanaccent.com. Uh, you can also find us over there. They're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And then for the three recommendations, because that was your question, and I just completely <laughs> wanted something else. Um, so my shows are uh, Newsies, Forever, and Always, Once on this Island, and Hades Town outside of Hamilton. Hades Town, he said uh, Hamilton at the end? Yeah, uh, it's Hades Town, Newsies, and Once on this Island. Once on this Island, sorry. Absolutely. Perfect. All righty. So I'll, I'll, I'll just plug some things that I got right now. Uh, so on YouTube, uh, I'm currently doing a series talking about uh, movies, TV shows, uh, anything that people are binging right now. And it's called I Watch It All, if you want to check it out. And it's great. Uh, I am. I am. Thank you. I am streaming at twitch.tv slash Aiden Rudd. And as for three shows that I would recommend. Um, either first either off, recordings, movies or just or just a soundtrack. Um, I'll just, I'll just list three that I think are really worth, uh, looking up if you haven't. Um, first off, we're going to go with an old one that isn't like a super grand musical, but is really, really powerful. And that's next to normal. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's one that people don't talk about very often, but it's genius. Uh, and I would say, check it out. It's also like it's one of those things where the soundtrack is almost the entire show kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, second one is another one that I think doesn't get talked about, talked about that much, even though it did win a bunch of Tonys and that's gentleman's guide to love and murder. Yes. Um, yes. I, need, I need to listen and watch. I just need to, do, I need to everything that I saw that at the Amundsen a few years back. And oh, it's brilliant. It's so, so good. lucky. And, and the last one, which is easily my favorite show at this point and it was also the last one that I saw. It's Dear Evan Hansen. Nice. Um, because, okay, so no show, musical, movie, anything has broken me as much as that production did. <laughs> Especially, cons okay, here's kind of why it happened. Um, so Evan's mom walks on stage and the actress looks exactly like my mom. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> It it ruined me. Uh, is yeah. basically what I'm <laughs> there, like there are very few songs in that show that are not just like we're just going to destroy every emotion you have. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a brilliant piece of theater, and it's one that I'm not going to be able to ever be a part of until I'm in my 40s and can play the dad. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I would love. It. Yeah, it's brilliant. Everybody should check that one out. Absolutely, I love it. Um, alrighty. Uh, Joseph, plugs and your three favorite. Uh, plugs. Or three, or three, um, so, three that you recommend, sorry. Okay, um, plugs, um, check out the Core Dance Crew. Um, we do cosplay and dance 
um, normally when we're in the convention circuit in Southern California, but because of Rona, we're not. But you can follow us on YouTube and Instagram, and we just had our virtual con, so you can definitely check out those videos on the Core Dance Crew's um, YouTube channel. You can also follow me on Instagram, Miss Anime. I am a drag queen. Um, I've also done some musical numbers. I did do, oh my god, the song is gonna gonna bother me. It's the one from Chicago. Oh my Which god, one? The, uh, she had it. No. Uh, it's the Cell Block Tango. No. Uh, is it the one where uh, it's oh, they're on the bar and they're dancing and trying to seduce the guy? Is oh, it Chicago? Shit. I can't remember. I don't know if that's Chicago. Oh, my God. Dancing on the bar, that's Coyote Ugly. That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs> no. oh God, that's a thing. Oh, so totally bad anyway i have also done like um musical numbers um at bars so follow me on yeah. instagram that's miss underscore anime a n n a m a e um and then my three musicals so right now i love six the musical the music is phenomenal in my opinion just because one it's each each um, song is a wife of King Henry the Sixth, and the songs are actually inspired by pop divas. Yeah. So you'll get some references to that. So love Sixth Musical. Um, I also am going to say another one is. Well, I'll I'll say Sixth Musical is available on YouTube and Spotify. The music is. It, oh, the music, yes, and it's the um, I think it's the original cast. It might not. I can't remember. But if not, you can also find other um, people that have done it because it's also been uh, on the West End and on Broadway. So I've been listening to a lot of the actresses um, who are in it for the Broadway production of it because they have their own YouTube channel and they've been just been singing a bunch of musicals on their own channel. And I just like put it on a playlist and listen. And it's great. Um, I also... Ooh, once on this island, so good too. <laughs> There's so many. There's, okay, um, I'm gonna also say, dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen, I love the music, um, and I have a soft spot for um, Jordan Fisher. Mm, He's like, okay. yeah. uh, like um, a little man, uh, man crush for me. Um, I love his voice. And then thirdly is going to be into the woods because i can't get enough of into the woods absolutely and there's a there's a stage recording with bernadette peters of into the uh, into the woods and then there's also the disney film that's also i think is really great and then that's available everywhere and uh evan, dear evan hansen's like spotify and everything else but there's no recording yet unless you want to watch a high school performance uh <laughs> <laughs> all righty and matthew so my name is matthew gray you can find me on instagram uh, at chefmatt.gray or at Maddie Mustache. Um, both of them will have postings of IGTV recipes that I've been doing or started to do. Um, so hopefully that'll get going and kick off. Um, so my, th- I don't have three. I'm sorry. I'm, You're totally I'm gonna fine. break the rules. Um, I'm never good at that. I, I, Catherine will attest to that I, too. <laughs> so num- number one, and, and Catherine said it, it's, it's newsies. Um, I think that that one is great because it's like a huge, like, <laughs> male ensemble and i think when you have that many male voices together it just sounds wonderful and i love it um and then the second one is going to be rent which is my favorite one of all time 
but I think it's just a great one. And it's, it's one of those ones that's weird because the music, the book, and the lyrics are all done by one person, just like Hamilton with Manuel Miranda, which is awesome. So you have like this one seamless like thought process throughout the whole thing. Uh, then there's Hades Town, which the rent, the full production, full live performance apparently is. There's a 2008 uh, professional one that's free on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Watch, watch that one. Watch that okay. one. Watch, movie. watch that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, Hades Town is another good one by Anise Mitchell. Um, and again, same kind of thing with, with Jonathan Larson and with Manuel Miranda. Book, music, and lyrics all done by the same person. And, and oh, that, amazing. again, it's seamless. And the last one, which is probably the most obscure one, is you're in town? Yes. Oh, wow. thank you. <laughs> I was just talking which, about this on Twitch, and nobody believes I, me about which I love. It's one Tonys, even though people don't realize it's one Tonys, but it won Tonys yes. for a book, I think, and it won Tonys for score. Yeah. So that's music by Mark Hallman, and then Greg Codis did that one. So those are my four favorites, and like I would say for like you're in town. Just listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, I think it'd be okay. Hades Town, same. Hades Town, you kind of have to watch it because it's like there's no recording. Like I can't find anything. You're Hades Town. Recording like like, visual or audio? Visual, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can't find a visual recording of it. Like that one, you kind of have to watch because it's it's just it's it doesn't make sense when you listen to it unless you've seen it. Um, But rent, watch it on. I think it's on uh, Amazon. I think it's on uh, Amazon, and then obviously it's on. I think it's on iTunes as well, and then um, so yeah. I mean, those ones, and then Newsies is on Disney Plus, and that one, that one at the Pantages was phenomenal, dude. Like (laughs) Jordan, Jeremy, Jeremy Jordan was just. (laughs) Oh, not a match. I I, I am not gay at all, but that dude, man, bone. Jeremy Jordan makes me so mad. He is too talented, and he must be stopped. (laughs) Um, that's awesome well thank you guys uh, for being here I'm going to give out my three my three uh, recommendations are I'm going to do a movie adaptation a stage recording and a soundtrack I'm going to do for movie adaptation the last five years with Jeremy Jordan and Anna Kendrick Mm -hmm. Uh, absolutely Mm -hmm. phenomenal such a great easy way for them to put it onto um, uh, from stage to film uh, because it is a simple show it's also a really short show with no intermission in it and then uh, I would say that, that's available for free on YouTube. So is Company with Raul Esparza. Uh, I actually got to see this live on Broadway with him and the original cast from the 2006 um, run. And so it's and so it, it's absolutely phenomenal and it's free and it's on uh, it's on YouTube. And I have and I have a DVD and you don't. Um, and, <laughs> sorry. and then um, and uh, for soundtrack. I uh, it actually is going to be one of my favorite musicals that you can't find any recordings of unless you want literally want, only want to watch uh, high school performers do it. Uh, is Aida the music? Uh, I love Elton John already, so like I absolutely love Elton John. I think it's one of the best musicals, and I think it's a sin that is a Disney uh, musical that has not been made a film. If they were to make it, I think that one actually deserves and would actually really do well as a live action film. Um, it's so good. Uh, Aida uh, from Elton John and Disney and Tim Rice is the lyric- lyricist. Um, 
great music. Uh, Dance of the Robe is just one of my favorite, for favorite music. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, maybe we might do this again and talk a little bit more about musicals. This was fun. And uh, I had a blast talking to all you guys and uh, love you all dearly. And hope you guys are doing well during this quarantine. As you, the listeners, thanks for listening in. You can check out all of our shows and offerings on thegrandgeekgathering.com. You can get all the links and all the information regarding these four awesome people in the article. And also check out, while you're there, check out our other eight shows that we have. Our eight different podcasts. You can go to our YouTube where I do my Let's Plays. We have Popmosis. We have our Grand Geek Eatery. Our second episode should be coming out actually really soon for that one. And I also stream on Twitch, if you don't think I don't do enough. We also, <laughs> the intro and outro music has been provided by Midnight Shinigami. You guys are all amazing. Check us out on the social medias and whatnot. Have a great week. Wear a mask. You know, wash your hands. And GGG. GGG. Grand Geek Gathering